awake this morning? Well, at least you're alive and breathing. That's right. Well, let's sing this morning. We're going to get our services started. We're going to start our service with the song, He Lives. Uh, <laughs> Rise and sing He Lives. This morning. I serve the risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see His love and care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that He is leading through all the stormy blasts. The day of His appearing will come at last. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. We still have quite a few that are traveling, uh, finishing up their spring break and such. However, that being said, I just saw up there we had 48 in Sunday school, even with so many traveling. So give the Lord glory for that. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And if you haven't made it to Sunday school ever, I would encourage you to come out and try it sometime. It's, we have a good time in our Sunday school classes. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's just pray and lift up the, all those who are traveling back, uh, all those who are, that we may not even realize who all are traveling. There's a lot of people on the roads coming back from spring break. So let's remember that today as well. Amen? Amen. Father God, we come before you this morning. We praise your name and thank you. It's been an eventful morning already in your house today, Lord God, all the different things that's transpired and going on. But it is so incredible to remember and know that you are God, that no matter what may transpire, good or bad, to us, you are still on the throne and you are still in control. So Father, I pray that you will continue to, to heal the hearts of the broken, heal the bodies of those that are or having physical ailments, and most of all, Lord God, come in and just touch our spirits and heal our spirits and put our focus 
back to where it needs to be on you, Lord God, so that when we leave this place today, we will remember the, the, this joyous time of year, this, the, this, the, the triumphal entry, the Easter that's coming, the, the joy that was bought through your shedding of blood, Lord God. Because you chose to go through such a harrowing time for us, we can rejoice today in knowing our eternity is set. So, Father, I do praise you and ask, Lord, if there is someone here today that does not know you, may they hear you through the words of the sermon, through a song, through you speaking directly to their heart and mind. I don't know. But may they open their eyes and see you and accept you before it's too late. May your will be done, Father. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Like I said, it's good seeing everybody this morning. Hallelujah for being here. Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand. And just let them know it's good to see them in God's house today. Amen.
Okay, just a few announcements. First of which, I'm going to ask Morgan to be drawing, getting up a, a, a map for you. Is that going to take a few minutes, Morgan, or can you get... Oh, it's already there. What you're looking at on the, on the wall, what is that map? That's every, every year we have our sermon on the lake, and last year, if you remember, we had to cancel it. We always go to Potter's Creek. The whole, most of the church goes out. We camp, and we have a a great time out on the lake that weekend, and we have the Sermon on the Lake. Well, last year we had to cancel it because Potter's Creek flooded. Well, they never, the Army Corps engineers did not have the funds, and Potter's Creek is still shut down. They never have been able to rebuild it. Rather than cancel again, I got to trying to find a place fairly close, fairly nice, that we would have a good time at and still be able to go somewhere as a church for the summer. So... This is what we finally came up with. This is Palmetto State Park. If you've never been, it's right here in Luling. It's not very far, actually. Actually, it may be even a little closer than Potter's Creek, I think. Um, but it, they, they have the one loop. You can go online and get this, but this loop of RV spots right there, that whole loop is still open for, for reservations right now for the first weekend in August. What, what was that date? I can't remember. 5th, 6th, and 7th. So I think this is what we're going to do. We're still going to have our sermon on the lake. And the reason why I can call it a lake, even though that's a good, the, the uh, San Marcos River goes through there, at the top up there is Oxbow Lake. Nowhere near as big as Canyon Lake, but they have paddle boats, kayaks, canoes, and you can rent paddle boats, take your own canoes, ca- kayaks, whatever. It's still a nice lake there. They have a nice pavilion where we can have our service. We're, we're going to go ahead and focus on doing that. So... If you would like to go that first weekend in August with us, uh, some people will be probably st- may possibly stay in the week like like we always do. Uh, some may just come for the weekend. You might want to come up just for the Sunday service. We'll still have church services here as we have before. Somebody will be preaching here as well. But if you want to come out there for that weekend, we're just going to have a great time of fellowship. And then Saturday night we have a meal. We bring a meal together out there in the campground. And just have a good barbecue and or fish fry, or something we haven't put planned at all yet. But we just congregate together, camp out, everybody just relaxes, and then Sunday morning we have services out there at this park. So and rather than Potter's Creek, as it's been for many, many years now, uh, it's just not there anymore. The flood took it out. So we're going to try Palmetto State Park. I think it's $18 a day to camp, and there was an entry fee unless you have a pass. Veterans have some discounts if you're disabled veterans. Uh, it's over 60%. You're free. There, there, there's, there's some money things there. However, if you can't figure all that out, get with me and I'll help you with it as well. The actual campsites are $18 a day. If you're just coming for Sunday, I think it's $6 for a day use thing. Uh, and I may talk to them. I'm going to go this week and talk to them and see maybe for that morning day use for a Sunday, maybe they'll let you in. I don't know. Don't know, want to throw that out yet. But the main thing I want to throw out there is that we are not going to be at Potter's Creek this year. We're going to be at Palmetto State Park in Luling, right behind Bucky's. You don't know where it is? Everybody knows where Bucky's is on 10, probably. However, a gas station was able to become so famous, I do not know. 
But it's right behind Bucky's over there off of, off of 10. Okay. So mark that on your calendar. If you want to look at the map, I've got a printed one here. Uh, I highlighted lots of, oh, and all the hiking trails. That's what's really neat to me. If you like to hike, there's all kinds of one to three mile hiking trails. And I think there's some half mile ones too. But there, there's some really neat hiking trails all around there also. And you can get this map online if you're interested. Yes, it is pet friendly. Yeah, you, you, you do have to have them on a leash. But yeah, we, always, we usually take our dogs as well. Okay. The, um, I'm not pardon? Can a pony go? Uh, you have to talk to your daddy about that one. I don't know. Oh, a few other things, the Resurrection Retreat Day for the kids coming up this Friday. The, uh, Miss Julie's going to have the kids get with her for more information on that one. Our sunrise service has changed. I told you 7 o'clock. However, at 7 o'clock, it's still pretty dark outside right now. So we bumped it up to 8 o'clock. So our sunrise service next Sunday is going to be at 8 o'clock in the morning. And then we'll follow it with our pancake breakfast as we do each year. Men that I haven't got with yet about helping with the pancake breakfast, you may be accepted. You may be getting a phone call from me later on this week. So eight o'clock is our sunrise service next week, followed by pancake breakfast, and then we'll have our services as we normally do. Uh, the church camp out, sunrise service. Okay, I am going to uh, turn over to Sherry. She wants to talk to you a little bit about a ladies' retreat. Lot more money, but there's a lot more time to plan. So I have a sign-up sheet right here. 
pray about it and think about going because it's really a good time. Something I think we really need as a church body. Amen. Amen. And let me say that the ladies, I know they have been to this, have always come back and spoken very highly of the, the spiritual growth and the, the, I don't want to say it was entertaining. They're not going to be entertained. You will be entertained. However, you're going to get to draw that to the Lord in a way that ladies can grow together with the Lord without, without me there and, and all this other stuff for you to think about. You don't have to worry about where are the kids or taking care of your husband or anything like that. Go and have fun and listen to God. Amen? So I, I do encourage you to get with Sherry, write your name on the list, and, and like she said, $7 a week, uh, and you could have it all paid for and stay at the Minger for a few days. That's, that sounds like a, a great deal to me. All right, that's enough announcements. Let's, let's turn the lights back on, and then Corey? No? Okay, never mind. Oh, wait a minute, Miss Peggy, she's telling me no. Come on down, Corey. I jumped the gun some on that one, I suppose. <clears throat> Amen. Father God, I just thank you for bringing my brother here, especially after going to the coast with the youth all this, this weekend and, and getting back safely. I just thank you that he is here safely and had a good time, and now he's willing to come and open your word and share with us again, Lord. May we not hear Corey, but hear you through Corey as we speak, as we listen to you speak through him. Bless him and his family, Lord, and we thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, sir. I can see what is raging at my feet. I can feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and painful road. I can face every fear of the unknown. I can hear all God's children singing out. We will not be overtaken. We will not be
chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I don't know about you guys, but as a child of God, I think that's an awesome thing that we have that power that actually lives inside of us. The same power that, you know, rose Jesus from the grave. The same power that pretty much commanded death to wait. That same power that we have living in each and every one of us. But I will tell you, it saddens me to see so many people who call themselves children of God who do not utilize that power. I see so many Christians who, uh, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord when we're here at church or when we're other with other Christian brothers and sisters, but as soon as we leave that area, we leave our God at the door. We leave Him there behind us. The biggest question I always ask my youth and ask myself is how do I utilize that power? The thing we have to do is we have to empty ourselves of ourselves. We have to stop worrying about our daily lives and, you know, what are we going to do to, you know, make that extra dollar or make our friends or family happy? You know, our family, our friends, our nation is falling apart all around us. And all we do is continue to sit and watch. And some of us might say we pray, some of us will pray. But we need to take the action to utilize that power. Let's pray. Very great, Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you this morning, Heavenly Father, and Lord, I ask that you... Give us each the strength, the know-how, Heavenly Father, to utilize your power, Heavenly Father. Not just for ourselves, Heavenly Father, but for each and every person around us, our friends, our family, our enemies, Heavenly Father. That we may have that power to minister each and every one of them. In your name, amen. You guys are very quiet this morning. <laughs> Would you like to make a little noise? <laughs> All for Jesus. All right. Well, let's make a little noise this morning. If you guys would like to rise and sing, we'll sing a few songs. <laughs> All right. We're going to start off with uh, Trading My Sorrows. I'm trading my sorrows, I'm trading my shame, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord, I'm trading my sickness, I'm trading my pain, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. We say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Amen. And I'm trading my sorrows. And I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. 
I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. Say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. Well, I'm pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. For I'm blessed beyond the curse, for His promise will endure. This joy is going to be my strength. And though the sorrow may last for the night, His joy comes with the morning. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord And I'm trading my sickness I'm trading my pain And I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord Say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. I can't hear you. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. That's a little better. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. We'll try it again. Come on. We say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. Come to the water, you who thirst, and you'll thirst no more. Come to the Father, you who work, and you work no more. And all you who labor in vain, And to the broken shame, love is here, love is now, love is pouring from his hands, from his brow, love is near, it satisfies, streams of mercy flowing from his side. Love is here. Come to the treasure, you who search, you search no more. 
And come to the lover you who want, you want no more, no. And all you who labor in vain, and to the broken shame, love is here, love is now, love is pouring from his hands, from his brow, love is near, it satisfies, streets of mercy flowing from his side, and to the bruised and fallen, captive, bound and broken hearted, he is the Lord. He is the Lord, and by His stripes He's paid our ransom. From His wounds we drink salvation. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. Love is here. Love is now. Love is pouring from His hands, from His brow. Love is near, it satisfies. Streets of mercy flowing from His side. Love is here, love is now. Love is pouring from His hands, from His brow. Love is near. It satisfies streets of mercy flowing from His side. Streets of mercy flowing from His side. Love is here. Love is here. You always have to comment on this next song. Um, the song is called Hosanna. I'm sure you guys have heard the word Hosanna. But, uh, you know, in the time of, of Jesus' triumphal entry, uh, that's what they shouted at him, Hosanna. Um, and the word literally means save us. Um, but you wouldn't shout this to somebody who you didn't know could actually complete that task. Right? So just think about that. Um, and I would say open your eyes to what's going on physically here in this place and in your heart. With fire 
the whole earth shakes, the whole earth shakes. I see His love and mercy washing over all our sin. The people sing. The people sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith, with selfless faith. And I see a near revival stirring as we pray and see. We're on our knees. We're on our knees. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. And break my heart for what breaks yours. In everything I am for your kingdom's cause As I walk from earth into eternity Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest.
glory this morning. Amen. You can be seated this morning, but as you see, if you remember the story from the scriptures, what transpired that triumphal entry, Jesus come riding in on the donkey and the people are crying out Hosanna and throwing out the palm leaves and their sweaters, their coats, their jackets, all for him to come in triumphantly. But how fickle they were that one week later, they're nailing him to a tree, nailing him to the cross. I pray we are not those that are that fickle. And may we remember both not just the triumphal entry, but also too, as we were looking at in Sunday school just a little bit ago, the, the, the price that was paid that following weekend so that we can be set free. We have been saved through the blood of the Lamb, not by gold nor by silver, but by the precious blood of the Lamb, Peter says. I pray this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that before we leave here today, you will make that so. You just sang Hosanna. If you choose not to accept him, then just like the story was portrayed then is being portrayed now. You sang Hosanna, but yet you turn your back when it comes time to making that choice. I pray that you will choose life today. Choose Christ. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I want us to, what the Lord laid on my heart is for us to look and see. In fact, I think there's a song that says, look what the blind man saw. I think Joyce used to sing, sing that. But we're going to look and see some of the things that a blind person might see. George Matheson was a, a minister and a hymn writer. And he went blind at the age of 20. My son and I was sitting this week and we were talking about, uh, we were kind of debating or just discussing what it would be like to, which is worse, to be blind from birth and not know or to know and go blind at 20 and, and have the memories. Either way, to lose your eyesight. Annabelle's got a, a, a friend who is, is blind and, and, and she talks about him and talks to him all the time. To be blind is one thing. And you would think about George Matheson losing his eyesight at the age of 20 as, as being something, some type of disadvantage, possibly. However, if you read his writings, if you read the, the things that George Matheson presented, he didn't look at it as a disadvantage at all. In fact, he even puts forth the idea that God allowed him to go blind so that he could see more clearly to help guide other men to where they, they need to be. He believes that God allowed the blindness so that he could think more spiritually and more clearly, and it was not a disadvantage in any way. In fact, I want to share an excerpt of one of his sermons. He said, I mean, excuse me, one of his hymns. He says, O joy that seeketh me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow bow through the rain and feel the promise is not vain. That morn shall tearless be, O cross that lifts up my head, I dare not ask to fly from thee. I lay in dust life's glory dead. And from the ground there blossoms red, life that shall endless be. Regardless of what the world has, he says, I'd rather put myself in, that, in the hands of the cross because out of that, that blood that was spilt on that cross is life. He did not need the physical eyes to see the spiritual reality of what transpired that week so long before him when Christ rode in on that triumphal road, when Christ allowed himself 
to be crucified for you and I. He didn't need physical eyes any longer to know where true joy and where true beauty lies, for he saw it through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the last days of, of, of Jesus' earthly ministry, if you will, there were several people who encountered Jesus who, who saw him. They, they fit the description of, 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 of who those people, you've probably heard it said, those, there's no one so blind as those who choose not to see. I don't know if you've heard that, but there's sometimes, even though you're presenting fact, even though you're presenting truth, even though you're presenting something that should be known, they choose not to see it. They are purposely making themselves blind rather than trying to understand what's happening. Rather than debate and negotiate and to discuss and learn, they'd rather just choose not to see. There was these same people in Jesus' day. There was people who came to him. They saw him. They were intrigued by him. They, 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 they came seeking him. They saw him at that day that he rode in on that, that, that triumphal road, and they sang Hosanna unto him. But throughout the scriptures, we see people who came and saw with their physical eyes. Each, in each one of these people that saw him with their physical eyes, they received an invitation. They heard him say, come on to me, follow Jesus, follow this pathway. And yet each one would walk away without him. They would walk away from, from a relationship that they could have had. They made a conscious choice not only to not accept what Jesus Christ was offering them, but a conscious choice that would impact them for eternity. They saw him with their eyes. They, they were able to, to see him in everything that he was there as, as a man, but they wouldn't accept who he was. If you remember the one gentleman, he comes up to Jesus and says, I will follow you after I go and bury my father. The next one, there's another one that comes up and says, oh, I will follow you as long as I can go home and say goodbye to my family. Go home and say goodbye to my, my mom and dad. There was one who seemed incredibly intent on following Jesus. He, was, he, he was in, had this intense desire to follow Christ. And he comes to Christ and, and he says, I have done everything right, Master. What do I need to do to gain entry into heaven? What do I need to do to be washed and cleansed and enter into heaven? And he, and he just was such a, a religious man. And Jesus looked at him and says, Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and take up your cross and follow me. And you know what the Bible says after Jesus told him that? It says that he went away sorrowful without Jesus. He saw Jesus with his eyes. He got to hear Jesus' voice. He had been given the invitation. And in one part of him, he wanted to follow Christ. But yet what his eyes could see around him, his possessions, his things, his family, whatever it was, there was things that he saw that kept his focus off of God and focused on the earth. They were blinded by things of this world because of these right here rather than letting the eyes of their heart see Christ for who he was. They said, oh, I want this relationship. Just let me go do this, that, and the other. And, and, and it wasn't just them. It was the disciples too. Amidst the disciples, there was those who, who could not see oftentimes. You know, three times Jesus told the disciples, I am going to go and die. Three times he told them this, and three times they didn't understand it. They, they couldn't hear that. In fact, at this point in their walk, in this point in the journey with Jesus, Jesus is telling them how he has to go and die, 
and they're more concerned about who was going to be greatest amongst them. Well, guys, uh, I'll handle this, but, but I am going to go and die. And they're thinking about, well, who, where, where are we going to, to, to get the, where are we going to get the power to do service? What are they going to get to do for doing service unto the Lord? Where are our benefits in all this? Where are we going to sit in the kingdom of God? Am I going to get to sit at the right hand or the left hand? They were thinking about all this other stuff when Jesus is saying, guys, I am going to have to go and I am going to die. They were concerned in, in the book of Mark 10 with what other people were thinking about going on around them. They were concerned about what everybody else thought of them rather than Jesus saying, guys, I'm going to go and die for you. They wasn't hearing it. They were looking at all the things that men tend to look at. They were looking at prestige. They were looking at power. They were looking at all these different things. And these are men who truly believed in Christ, true followers of Christ, true disciples of Christ. Though they were true followers, they couldn't see some of the things that was right there in front of them. It was right there. There was no shortage of spiritual blindness amongst those who encountered Jesus. Those who were following Jesus and those who had yet to follow Jesus, there were so many people looking at what they could see with their eyes and with what they know, rather than letting their spirit see the Spirit of Christ. In Luke chapter 18, this passage of Scripture I want us to look at this morning, Luke chapter 18, I believe is an incredibly encouraging story. This, this man here in Luke 18, he is physically blind, but yet he sees things about Jesus that all those with their eyes couldn't see. He is physically blind, but there is a lesson here that I think each one of us could glean something from. Because after he encounters Jesus, after he is able to speak with Jesus, he is not only healed spiritually, he is healed physically too. Amen? Now, I'm going to read different parts of this passage here this morning. But in chapter 18, starting with verse 35, I want us to kind of think about and look and see what the blind man saw. Look what Bartimaeus saw when Jesus was coming near. First thing he saw was the seriousness of his condition. The seriousness of his situation, if you will. So starting in verse 35, it says, As he drew near, this is Jesus, capital H, As he drew near Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Hearing a crowd passing by, he inquired what this meant. Jesus, the Nazarene is passing by, they told him. So he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now let's stop right there for just a moment. Have you ever been in a, a, a serious situation? Better yet, have you ever been in a, a, a devastating situation? In a, in a position where everything is, is sitting right there. This blind man who, who Mark identifies as Bartimaeus, this blind man was in a devastating situation. He was born blind. Now, that was fairly common in the biblical times, but I think sometimes we don't grasp just how dire of a situation that is. Bartimaeus' blindness attributes to all his problems in life. As a result of his blindness, he could not work. He could not make a living. There was no institute for the blind at that time. 
There was no, no specialized training to give him some kind of career where he could go out and make a living of some way. There was no social security. There was no welfare. If you were born blind, you were destined to have an incredibly hard life. And because he could not work, he could not secure the basic necessities in life. Every day, Bartimaeus would have had to do everything that he could to scrounge a living, to find a morsel of food, to get by a little bit. Being blind, he had nothing at his advantage. Now, I would say, just like Bartimaeus, we have a severe situation in our lives. Bartimaeus was born blind and couldn't fend for himself there, or or, couldn't work for himself to gain these things. We also have a bad situation. We are born in sin. We are spiritually blind when we come into this world. And it's much worse than physical blindness. At least he was able to scrimp by. There's nothing we can do to get our salvation. We cannot earn our salvation, folks. We cannot do anything. Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means every single one of us come into this world spiritually blind. The lost person is, 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 is spiritually blind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest they hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the, in the image of God. Hallelujah! If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are spiritually blind. You can look at Bartimaeus and say, Well, he was physically blind and couldn't hardly make a living but I'm going to say that if you're spiritually blind this morning, you're worse off than Bartimaeus ever was. If you are spiritually blind this morning, you do not have a clue as to where you are headed in life, and what's worse is where you're headed after this life. If you are spiritually blind this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you, 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 are, you, you are on a highway, a pathway, that is going to destroy you. Sinners are blind to their lost condition. Sinners don't know where they are headed unless someone tells them, unless they open their ears, unless they choose to listen. This this lost man is not only blind like Bartimaeus was, he's a beggar too. Bartimaeus was blind and had to sit out there and beg. The lost man, I'm going to tell you, is, is, is just as blind and more so than Bartimaeus, and he is going to have to beg. Bartimaeus could not earn a living. He could not produce any income. The lost man cannot produce any salvation. I say this repetitively this morning for this reason. If you leave here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, especially after you just sang Hosannas and you watched Danny uh, uh, replicate Christ coming down that, that road that day. If you have in your mind the story of Christ, if you hear the calling of Christ and you choose not to open your spiritual eyes this morning, then you choose not to ever have salvation. You cannot earn it. Before a, a lost sinner can ever surrender to Jesus, he must realize the seriousness of his situation. Bartimaeus understood this situation. He cried out, 
Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. I would submit to you this morning that if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I don't care if you're little, I don't care if you've been in church for the last 75 years and you've realized you've never truly accepted Christ. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you will hear what Bartimaeus' heart said, though he didn't have eyes. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Because we are not promised another day nor an hour. And you need to, you are that beggar spiritually, just like Bartimaeus was that beggar physically. A sinner must realize the, 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 the depth of his situation. He must realize that he is destined for a devil's hell. If you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, folks, the only way into heaven is through Christ. And if you don't know him, means you're heading the opposite direction. And the opposite direction, according to my scriptures, is not somewhere we want to spend eternity. This isn't. No way you can even sugarcoat it. There is nothing we can do to attain our own salvation on our own. Now, I would submit this to the, as well, and I'm going to kind of piggyback just a little bit off of what Corey shared with you just a moment ago. If you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, you do know that that Jesus has come into your life, then I would say, have you forgotten the seriousness of the situation you were in? Because if we truly realize just how poor and inept and broke that we really are, how defunct and how much we are in a deficit spiritually, if we truly know that and realize the situation we're in and then accept Christ and He comes into our life and cleanses us and makes us rich spiritually, then how can the saved person keep from rejoicing and saying, thank you, Jesus? Brian preached about this Thursday night, taught about this Thursday night. If we are truly filled with the Spirit of God, if we truly understand where we were before Jesus passed us by that glorious day, if we truly recognize what we were before the hand of Christ came upon us, then glory to God, we should rejoice not just on Sunday, which is hard to get some folks to do even then, but we should rejoice every day, like Corey said, every day, whether we're with Christians or not, we should be able to say hallelujah, amen. When that cashier asks you at the store, how's your day? I am absolutely blessed. Because if I remember the situation I was in and where God put me now, I could be on the last day of a cancer-ridden bed with no money in my pocket and and just the world saying, you poor soul, and I can say hallelujah because I know where I'm going. Because I'm excited because I know where I was, but now I know who I am. There there, There was not anything Bartimaeus could have done to save himself. He couldn't, but he knew what he could do. And he saw that the answer was in Christ. And when Jesus was coming by, he couldn't see him with his physical eyes. Somebody had to tell him who it was. But his heart cried out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. The seriousness of the situation was there for Bartimaeus. But there's more we can see. I pray that we will see the seriousness of our situation. If you don't know Christ, how the situation is around you right now. If you do know Christ, Remember where he pulled you from. But there's something else we can see here. Bartimaeus also then, after crying that out, saw saw the coldness, if you will, of the crowd around him. Look at verse 39. 
38. So he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then listen to what happens here. He says, then those in front told him to keep quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. How sad this is. Here this man is. He is desperate, blind, begging for mercy. He is crying out to the master for for a miracle. He is crying out for God to, to touch him. And while he is doing this, the people of the crowd start moving around and try to they attempt to prevent him to come, from coming to Jesus. They start getting in the way. They start trying to, to block him out. Oh, you're just an old blind guy. What do you know? Why are you crying out to the Savior? You're just a blind guy. You can't even make a living. Who were these people that, that would hinder him from getting to Jesus? I would say, most likely, it was other followers of Christ. Or why would they have been out there trying to see him himself, themselves? They were trying to see Jesus too. And it wouldn't be the first time that, that disciples of Christ got in the way. If you remember in Luke 18, 15, when they tried to bring the infants unto the Lord so that he could touch them and bless them, the, the disciples saw it and they rebuked them. Praise God, Jesus said, no, you better not do that. Suffer the children to come on to me. Hallelujah. We as the church somehow get it in our minds that we get to pick and choose who God saves. And glory to God, that's not the way it works. Whomever cries out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, is going directly to the Father, and regardless of what you think you want to do, he just superseded you. But yet, that's what these people were doing. They were getting in front of him. I would say how sad it is, but this is still happening today. People are still pushing lost people away in 2016, just as they were in the day of Bartimaeus. We are still getting in the way with our judgments and our, our, well, she doesn't dress well. He doesn't look right. He didn't comb his hair the way I like. He doesn't drive the right car. Or he is this or she is that. And we come up with all these thoughts in our head. And Jesus is just saying, whomsoever cometh unto me. Who are we to get in the way? That's what Bartimaeus was seeing. He heard, his spiritual heart heard, Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. But then the people of Jesus say, be quiet, get back. What what, what do you think you're doing here? I would venture to say that the church might even do more to hinder the converts than the world does sometimes. And that saddens me to say it. But how many people won't step foot in a church because Miss High and Mighty told them this wasn't the right place for them? There's a story a preacher tells We'll, we'll, we'll call her sister self-righteous. But they're having communion at the church and she happens to glance over and there's this, these people that she doesn't know start partaking of the communion service. Well, this angers her. She observes them taking of the Lord's Supper and she gets angry about that. So she calls the pastor afterwards and says, you know, I handled the situation. I, you know, I, I saw them people that were not church members and that I handled that. And the pastor kind of hesitantly, you did? And, and just how did you handle that? Well, I told them that by them partaking of the Lord's Supper like that, they were, they were going to go to hell for partaking of the Lord's Supper. We laugh, but how sad. Because that pastor, after obviously he has to compose himself, bring his temper down to where he can talk, 
he has to give her a lesson out there, basically stating that they're not going to go to hell because they partook of the Lord's Supper. They're going to go to hell because they don't know Jesus Christ. And now they're never going to know Jesus Christ because you ran them out of the church. How are they ever going to know Christ if they won't come because you told them they were not welcome here? How are they ever going to know Christ if they think they don't fit in because you, with your half-eyed ideas of watching other people then focusing on Christ during communion, ran them off? Folks, I am afraid that there's many of us that fit that role of Mr. or Miss Self-Righteous at times. We think, well, well, he's a bum out on the street corner. Or she dresses funny. Or he, he listens to the wrong kind of music. Or she does this or he does that. How, God, God doesn't want that in his church. Let me tell you this morning that my God said, whomsoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart, so shall they be saved. And if I am going to sit and start trying to play gatekeeper for God, maybe I should stop and check my salvation. Maybe I should stop and look just how dirty and filthy I am before I start trying to tell others who can and cannot come in. Bartimaeus, he saw the Lord coming through spiritual eyes. And then the next thing he hears is the people of of Christ telling him to be quiet, to to, to just be quiet. How how sad it is when there there are people who are looking for hope. There are people who every week are coming to church looking for answers. I know many of us, we say, well, we had a great week. We're coming to church, sing some songs, just just to have a little communion, and we're going to have a good time. Folks, let me tell you this morning, there's people who are coming to church not to commune, not to fellowship with one another as much as they are. I need Jesus. I need healing. I need to know that I'm somebody. I need to know that God cares about me. I know in the midst of my medical trials, I know in the midst of my financial trials, I know in the midst of my relational trials that my God can can hear me. I know Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. How is it when these people come to church that there are church people who get in the way and say, oh, be quiet and just move to the side. You know, let, let us sing our songs just so. Praise God, Bartimaeus was not deterred by that crowd. Praise God that he didn't care what the people were saying. If you, let me say this. If you are here today and you have never met Jesus, whether you're watching by YouTube, the, the radio channel, the disc, or right here in this building right now, if you are here today and you have never met Jesus Christ one-on-one, and you may be saying, well, it's because I, the church told me I had to do this, that, or the other. Or maybe you just have a preconceived idea you have to meet these guidelines. The only thing you have to do is listen to the invitation of Christ and allow Him to take over your life. Do like Bartimaeus did. Cry out to Jesus. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Don't worry about what anybody else might say. Don't worry about what your spouse or this or that person. If you need Christ, reach out and take His hand. How heartbreaking it must have been to to been a man who had endured so much pain, so much shame throughout his life, to basically be told to shut up and don't bother Jesus. Now we can sit here this morning and say, oh yeah, that's, that's rough on poor Bartimaeus. But I'm telling you, there's people like that today in churches all around this world. They are crying out for the Lord's help. 
They need brothers and sisters in Christ, not to push them away from the Lord, but to wrap their arms around them and bring them to the Lord. To wrap their arms around them and let them know, I can't heal you, I can't fix you, but glory to God, I will pray to the one who can and pray that he will move in your life. Praise God that even when the ones who say they follow Christ get in the way, Jesus still works miracles. Even when we step and get ourselves full in the way, my God can reach right through us and still do what he needs to do. Hallelujah. And that's what the third thing Bartimaeus saw. He saw the one that could meet him in in as dire a situation as he was in. He saw how the people could possibly fail him. But he also saw the compassion of an almighty God as it shone down upon him. Look at verse 40. Jesus stopped. Hallelujah. Isn't it great that when we cry out unto the Lord, He is busy in war zones in the Middle East. He is busy in broken homes. He is in, he's busy where there's, there's child abuse going on. He is busy right now in all the dire situations all around this world. But glory to God, He's also just as busy in the weddings. He's just as busy in the birthdays. He's just as busy when the healing has been come up. And He's just as busy when someone calls out to Him and He stops and He turns His head directly to you or I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He knew where he was going. He knew what was about to transpire. He knew this road that was about to be set before him. But yet he stops in verse 40 and commanded that Bartimaeus be brought to him. And when he drew near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Hallelujah. And and, and it says there, Lord, I want to see. Receive your sight, Jesus told him. Your faith has healed you. In spite of the crowd, Bartimaeus cried loud enough that Jesus heard him, got Jesus' attention. He was able to cry out with his spirit, and Jesus stepped into the midst. In the vast multitudes of all these people crying out around Jesus, he hears Bartimaeus. He hears that true spirit cry. And what did Jesus hear? He heard Bartimaeus say, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. I don't see anywhere in this story, and I'm going to say that Jesus didn't hear Bartimaeus feeling entitled. I think so many times we as Christians think we are entitled. God, you have to give me this, and you have to give me that. No. Bartimaeus looked up to the Lord and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't feel entitled. He didn't even believe he deserved what happened. If you, He was seeking mercy, and if you look, at the, the Greek text here the, the, for this, this, this word mercy, it meant bring help to the wretched. So what Bartimaeus was actually saying was, Jesus, son of David, bring help to the wretched. He wasn't saying I'm entitled to anything. He wasn't saying I even deserve anything. I am wretched, but you, son of David, Jesus, can bring help to me. Glory to God. If we would start crying that out again, the lost soul, if you're here this morning, if you will cry that out, he will move. Those who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we still need his help and his mercy on a daily basis. Why we get so high and mighty and self-righteous and think we can do it on our own, I don't understand. But let me tell you this morning that when we put our lives in his hands and daily say, Lord, I need your mercy on this wretched being. I need your help to help clean me up. That's what Jesus is still doing today if we cry it out. 
He is bringing help to the wretched. You may be here this morning and you may think, well, I am just so low. I have been beaten down so far. My God can still reach into wherever you're at. Well, my God is so busy everywhere. He's got so much going on. Why would He care about me? Jesus knew the timeline that was going on here too. He was headed to Jerusalem. He is going to the cross. If you remember, at one point Jesus gets down and, and he is so, his physical body is so broken, he is sweating drops of blood as he cries out to the Father, yet if there's any other way, Lord, but yet not my will, thine be done. Jesus knows what's coming ahead of him. Jesus knows what's about to transpire. Jesus knows what, what the mission is that he is to partake of. I don't think there was a more busier or, or heartfelt time maybe in Christ's life right there. But yet he still stopped when he heard that wretched beggar call his name and ask for mercy. When he heard that poor old beggar say, you are the one that showed mercy upon this beggar. And he did so. And I can tell you this morning, I praise God that one day he, was, he had the, 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 the want to listen to me and stop that one day and listen to that poor beggar. I didn't even know how bad off I was. I was going, you know, I was going to church at the time because Sherry and I were, were living up in Alabama and we were eating with my uncle every now and then. We were barely making ends meet. I went to church out of obligation. I felt like, you know, my uncle's a preacher and he fed us a meal. I guess I ought to go show up at his church every once in a while. I did not go for the right reasons whatsoever. However, once I got in there, I heard the Lord. I heard Him passing by. And I realized. In fact, the, the pastor that morning said he could see me back there. I was, on, I was that back row Baptist. And my knuckles were grabbing that pew in front of me because I was that tough guy. I wouldn't walk in that aisle. But he got through. Not the pastor. Christ. And I thank God every day for that day. Now, there was a time in my life I ran and went the opposite direction for a while. But isn't it great we serve a Lord that loves us enough to grab us and yank us by our chain a little bit? Pull us back. Pull us back. Folks, let me tell you this morning. Bartimaeus had been ignored. He had been neglected. He had been abandoned for most of his life. He didn't know what it was like to have someone care. But then all of a sudden, the creator of the heavens of the earth is standing before him and says, what can I do for you? And Bartimaeus says, I want to see. And God touches him right there. I would imagine that not only was Bartimaeus overwhelmed after being on the roadside for years asking for alms, I bet he wasn't just overwhelmed. He was incredibly overjoyed. If you, pick up, if you look again at the next passage of Scripture there, it says, receive your sight, Jesus told him. Your faith has healed you. Instantly he could see and he began to follow him, glorifying God. And all the people when they saw it gave praise to God as well. Hallelujah. He encountered the very Son of God. Somewhere, somehow, someone told him that Jesus was this man that could work incredible things. And now this, 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 this man's passing by him, and he wouldn't ignore him. Jesus wasn't going to ignore him. In fact, Jesus stops 
and, and, and shows compassion on this blind beggar. And Bartimaeus is just in awe. He's never had anyone truly show compassion, especially to the extent that Jesus is going to show. And, and I'm going to say this morning, you may feel hopeless. You may feel this morning like there's no one who cares. You may think this morning that you've been through it all and, and you're sitting at the gate and you're having to beg alms. My God is just as prevalent today as he was in the day of Bartimaeus. And if you will put out your hands, he'll take your hands. If you will put your faith, your hope, your trust in Jesus Christ like Bartimaeus did. He didn't care what the people around him said. He didn't put his faith in the crowd. And let me tell you this morning, you cannot do that. The crowd may let you down. He didn't put his faith in the church. I I would love to tell you I will never let you down, folks. And I will try my hardest to do what I can to be what God has wanted me to be in your life. But I am a man and I may fail you. The only one who will never let you down is Jesus Christ. And because of that, Bartimaeus put his faith, his trust, his hope, in everything he was into the hands of Jesus. And Jesus reached out there, and all of a sudden this man who had been blind from birth had 20-20 vision. And not only did he receive this miracle, but now he can see the one who gave him the miracle, and it says he got up and he rejoiced. We as Christians, we, I think we get a little, again, Brian taught about this Thursday night, we get a little apathetic. We forget about what it's like to rejoice. At the very moment that Jesus spoke the words, he was healed. And immediately following that, Bartimaeus, it says, got up and started following Jesus. Praise God. If we truly have been healed of our sin and of our who we were, then why aren't we praising God? Like Corey shared a while ago, Brian shared Thursday night, God's got a theme going here. We need to get up and praise God. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you realize and recognize the situation that you were in, how dire it was. You recognize that it was the mercy of the Son of David, Jesus Christ, that brought you out. Then what did Bartimaeus do there? It says instantly he could see and he began to follow him. It didn't say instantly he could see and he went and played darts or something. Instantly he began to follow him. And as soon as he started following him and glorifying God, what happened next? All the people, when they saw Bartimaeus, started praising God too. If we as Christians would quit sitting on our hands and hiding what God has done for us and be excited about it and share what God can do in the lives of others, maybe others would start praising God as well. If we just do so. I I would submit to you, I don't think that he ever got over his miracle. We don't know. But I have a strong feeling that even in heaven, 2,000 years later, Bartimaeus is still doing jigs. I can still see him dancing around the throne. Because nobody else cared about him. In fact, others probably spat on him and beat on him and kicked on him and everything else. But when Jesus came by, he didn't just show compassion, he healed him. He received mercy from the son of David. Folks, if you are lost this morning, there is a miracle that's even greater than, than, than more amazing than receiving sight, even though you've been blind from birth. And that is spiritually you'll receive sight. 
If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the greatest gift that can ever be given to you is being offered. Though you may not realize it, you are a beggar, begging for alms, hoping to work your way into heaven someday, and you can't get there. The only one that can get you there is Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus, I don't care if you're a deacon of the church. I don't care if you've been a preacher. There's people who fill pulpits that that have it as an occupation and not a calling. It doesn't matter what position you've held here on this earth, that you know Christ or not. You may be righteous, the rich young ruler. He had all the first part of the commandments right. And Jesus said, go now and sell all that you have and give to the poor and take up your cross and follow me. And he went away sorrowful. Just because you live a religious life doesn't mean you're getting into heaven. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you don't, I'm going to ask you, will you trust him today? Can you see and will you see what the blind man saw? Will you close your physical eyes and open your spiritual eyes to acknowledge the situation you're in? To see that the crowd around you may not be the ones to save you. They won't. Christ is the only one that can save you. To see the compassion that my God has regardless of what you've been told you are. There are some of us in this room today that may have been told that they're useless, worthless, lower than whale stuff. I'm going to tell you this morning that my God says, not only do I love you, I chose to die for you. And the scripture says, greater love hath no man than he who lays down his life for his friend. My God laid down his life for you, for me. Now it's our choice what to do with that. You don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior. Don't be like these others that saw him with their physical eyes, saw the song, saw people raising hands, saw people pray, but then walk off without a relationship. You don't know him today. Make that decision before it's too late. If you do know Christ as your Lord today, then start remembering all that he's done for you. Remember that you were that poor beggar at the street corner. And now you're a prince. You're a princess. You are a joint heir to the throne of God if you know him as your Lord and Savior. He knew you when you were still in the womb. And you were fearfully and joyfully made by him. He knows every hair on your head or the lack thereof. And he loves you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today's the day to make that decision. If you do know him, then hold your head high. The world may beat you down. The world may try everything it can to make you feel lost, useless, and broke. But you know what? This world's going to evaporate one day. And I'm going to be standing at the throne room of my Savior. And I hope to see you there as well. It's your decision this morning. Don't let others keep you from it. You may have someone in your past that judged you. You may have uh, someone in your past that says, who do you think you are that God would care about you? Don't listen to the words of those that are telling you to sit down and shut up. Cry out all the louder, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on you.
And watch what he can do. Watch what he can do. This morning, we're going to have a, a, a word of prayer and we're going to have a time of invitation. This altar will be open. You can pray where you're at. You can pray up here. But what I hope to see happen today, no, I don't care if I see it. What I hope happens in your life today is that you will truly acknowledge that Jesus Christ has shown mercy on you. If for the first time, then let it be known. But some of us, maybe we just need to see it again. We know he did it, but we forgot how awesome it was. Whatever it is to you, don't use excuses. Don't blame it on, well, I'm getting old and ornery. I don't have to anymore. No, it doesn't work that way. You want joy in your life? Then let God rule your life again. Quit trying to rule it yourself. Where are you this morning? Let's all stand. Father God, I come before you this morning and I thank you. I thank you for the portrayal that was done here today of that day you came in with that with the scriptures calls the triumphal entry. Though the people then turned and walked the other way, many of them did. May we realize that it was triumphal. And victory was exclaimed that next weekend at Easter. May we not turn away as you walk past us, but may we cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. May we truly put our lives, our hearts, and all that we are into your Lordship. God, we're, we'll go separate ways here in a little bit. I'll be going to Cameron's birthday party. People here will be going to lunch, maybe family gatherings. We're going to go different ways from your house. But I thank you that you're a God everywhere we will go. No matter where we are, you are there. So, Lord, I pray that we make that decision right today. But if someone here does not, may you go with them wherever it is and remind them of what they heard this morning. And may they see you as Bartimaeus did, not with their eyes, but with their heart. May your will be done, Father, in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's calling you to come to this altar, come to the altar. You can get on your knees or yeah, you can sit, you can stand. It's great. God doesn't care what position our physical body's in. He wants to hear our heart. He wants to hear our heart. So will you pray to him today? And if God's just telling you to sing, then sing. But whatever it is, listen to the Lord. Not the people around you, but what God says. As we sing, Chris. <clears throat>